Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Monday, and we've got a guest on our couch, and it feels Woo! fucking fabulous. It Say does. it with me. It feels, feels fucking, fucking fa- fabulous. Guest. It feels fucking fabulous. Yeah, hey everyone, it's Amanda, and we are in the office tonight with a real life person. Her name is Kelly, and uh, she was here not too long ago doing Oski prep with Mr. Mark. And uh, Mark was certain that I had at least walked through or met, but n- we don't recognize each other. So we're going to mm-hmm. say it didn't happen and we never sure? met. <laughs> yeah, really? no, no. She does so. recall the conversation um, with her husband about his shoes That's and how shoes, he liked right? his shoes. It's yes. Yeah. I, went, I went and bought them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. They're he, he likes the shoes. <laughs> I do. I wore them earlier today. It was great. So Kelly is also a podcast listener. She was listening as a student and now, you know, in her short RMT career, she's also been listening and it helps her to get advice in certain situations. How did you find it? Did someone tell you about it? Do you normally listen to podcasts? Did it go around your school? How, did, how does this how does this happen? How does this happen? So yeah, it went around my school. So um, before I graduated, somebody in my class had come to you for OSCE prep gotcha. um, and had told everybody. I think she actually came to you for tutoring specifically, not so much OSCE okay. prep. Um, and so even the school name, I didn't know. I didn't know Con Ed. Right, right, right. Um, and she was like, well, they, they have a podca- podcast. So I actually was looking for the Con Ed uh, podcast. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and then I uh, somehow... Found our alter ego. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our alter ego. It has to be. I mean, (laughs) the other one's a little bit more shiny. This one's just dirty. This one's just, uh, (laughs) this one's the the, the pants you wear for three days. The other one's the pants you wear for two. I don't know. I really like your analogy some nights. You're on fire. (laughs) Or maybe your pants are on fire. So, yeah, Kelly was listening as a student and then came here and did OSCE prep. And just recently, uh, she reached out to Mark on Facebook, I guess, and was looking for advice about something, situations that she's been dealing with. And she said, usually I can refer back to an episode you guys have recorded, but I haven't heard anything with this information. So Mark screenshotted it, sent it to me, and we thought, well, if nothing exists, let's make something exist. It's easy. Easy peasy, right? And right now, I don't remember the topic was, but I remember at the moment when I read it, I'm like, this is fucking fabulous. Let's fucking do this right now. (laughs) Yeah, you see, I I still have the conversation. You did seem excited. I I was excited. He was excited. I might have jerked off to the conversation. (laughs) Come on, bro. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's like excitement. The first 90 seconds of the episode. (laughs) Just just talking about how excited I am. Are you kidding me? Our landline is ringing? Let's leave that in because that never happens. Who calls us on our landline? It's going to be a telemarketer. Somebody wants to clean the ducks. It's one of the people that Hello? I'm going to be talking about there. They found me. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yes, how can I help you? Uh, you superintendent? Uh, no, I'm not the superintendent. How can I help you, though? If you're No, you don't need my help? Just a super help? Hello? Hello? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, we're back. <laughs> After that short call from somebody looking for the superintendent of, of where? Who knows? So... Let's let our guest introduce herself then. I know I know, based on our brief conversation beforehand that massage was not her first career because she described herself as old, even though her and I are like pretty much the same age. So we'll just scratch that. So she just called you old. Basically <laughs> she basically did. I didn't say old as dirt, which I normally say I'm old as dirt. So I didn't say that today. So old, you uh, fart dust. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a dad joke at its finest. So old, you fart dust. 
podcast. Aww. So I want you to tell everyone, Kelly, a little bit of your background, sort of what you were doing before massage, how massage became a career option for you, and you know a little about school and where you are now. Okay. So I'm Kelly. I'm an R- RMT. Um, so I just got my license not that long ago um, in 2021. Um, but I graduated in 2019. So I graduated the schooling situation, the school I went to. Um, my education didn't quite feel complete enough for me. Um, so I needed to fill in those gaps. Um, I did a move. Then I had to get tutoring. I got tutoring from somewhere else. And then I fell into getting tutoring with Mark as well. So mm-hmm. I kind of did that to get my OSCE through. So I did my MCQ right when I graduated. Nice. But I had to hold off on OSCE. Um, before this, I was a personal support worker and I was kind of with the gung ho about the goal of going into nursing and I was going to one day be a nurse, grow up and be a nurse. Um, and then I lost my job. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And my husband's like, oh, you should, you should look into massage. You should look into massage. And I didn't want to go back to school for like eons. Why was he telling you look into massage? He just. <laughs> or is he thinking like, yeah, this is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. Yeah. Um, no, I think because I like to care for people, but I also have kids and he's a shift, like he works shift as well. So being in a nursing home or in an environment where you're on call and you're going in in the middle of the night doesn't exactly work when your husband's also working in the middle of the night. So it was kind of he thought it would be a great way to kind of bridge the two, taking care of people and and being home with my kids. It makes so much sense for a mother. Like I also have two kids and it's really nice that because Mark does have to work so often, it's really nice that I can structure my clients and my work around the kids' schedules. So there's, yeah. we don't have to, we don't have to stress so much about childcare. It, it honestly, so for the short time now that I've been massaging, it's been a blessing. Like it's honestly, it's it's great. I can't, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, but yeah, so at the time I, I did some research into uh, both provincial schools, I guess, community colleges uh, with the three or four year program. And that was just not happening. And then I had started to look into private career colleges and they were all about two years, I think mm-hmm. is the average. Um, and then through Google, I stumbled upon my small school and uh, it was a one year program mm-hmm. and it was the only one I could find. So uh, my husband and I went out there, we met with them and I chose the school and I, I, I went there for a year and graduated and now here I am. Nice, nice. <laughs> Her eyes, though, were saying that maybe the one year was not the decision. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, it was a tough, tough twelve months. Yeah, it was. Again, when we talk about the whole subject that we're going to talk about today, that was probably my first introduction into real uh, somebody who has a real uh, abusive um, power trip on, and and we were in that situation in our school, which I think is why our school was unsuccessful at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And so, and here I am now. <laughs> and here you are now. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, Kelly schools, sort of schools, alluded schools. to what we're going to talk about. Yeah. She's been in situations both in school and now professionally as a registered massage therapist where she's had to deal with people who are abusing their power. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, off mic that because she went back to school as a mature student, even though she's not old, because we're the same <laughs> age, <laughs> she said that, um, you know, a lot of the people she went to school with were like 20, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. the age that you normally would go to college. And she said, I just kept thinking about them when this this stuff has been happening to me because I don't know that they would know how to handle it. Like Kelly has had careers before. She's worked mm-hmm. with people. She's worked for people. Mm-hmm. So she knows how to deal with it when somebody is being abusive in the workplace. And mm-hmm. she thought maybe we should 
talk about this because other people might be dealing with it and not knowing Absolutely. how to deal with it. And and even to be honest with you, when it was happening to me this most recent time, like at work with uh, with my employer, I wasn't even really connecting that he was, you know, bullying or using uh, like being abusive in nature. It wasn't until I was reading his text messages to my husband who was like, what? You, you can't say that. And of course, I'm so new to this profession. All that was going through my mind is, this guy knows and I don't know and I'm going to lose my license and I'm going to have this big stain under my name, which also was pointed out to me by somebody else that's like, do you know that a majority of real people don't go and look you up on the CMTO's website and see your complaints? But here I was like panicking that I was going to have all these stains. And it wasn't until kind of my husband talked me off the ledge of like, look, this guy is, you know, he's really abusing his power. He's being narcissistic. He's just, he's being disgusting. Okay, I need to Shut know. it down. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I need to know. I need to know do, all do we want to start with the school situ- situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Or let's, let's, start, let's, yeah. let's go okay. chronological order. So going back to the school, um, you know, it's it's, it's funny because you if you do any research on sort of these personalities and the people who do this kind of thing, which I've done since, um, it's a classic tale. Like I went to the school and I met with um, the dean of the school and fell in love with the school. I thought this was like a small program and they're all so friendly and they're so nice. Mm -hmm. And then I began term one and about, I'm going to say like one month into term one, things turned. Um, I guess this particular individual isn't always kind to some of her students or wasn't at the time. This is what I was told by past students. And I guess I fell into the seat of the person she was going to Mm. take things out on. So I spent my half of my second or half of my first term and my entire second term completely at odds with her. So I have no idea if I was doing well in school or bad in school, because pretty much anytime I was in her class, I was definitely failing. What does at odds look like? Um, Like... If if you put your hand up to talk or you do speak, often she'd shut you down and be mean to you and belittle gotcha. you. I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I remember that day vividly because mm-hmm. that's the day I said, I'm coming for your job because you uh-huh. suck at your fucking job. Yeah. What I just answered in class, it was absolutely, nothing was wrong with what I said. Right. I answered your question. And, just beca- and, I, and I had a ton of experience in this field yep. way before I showed up yep. in fucking massage school. And mm-hmm. just the way she responded to me, just so dismissive, like I was incorrect. I had no idea what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, you're the reason why I'm going to, I'm coming for your job. As a matter of fact, I don't want your job. I want to make my own job right. that does what you do and make you look horrible at this. And that's the reason why I want to become a teacher in this stuff. And that's good because, like I said, I'm very thankful that so things fell apart quickly at the school. We right. ended up we when we started, I think there were three teachers working there, but one I never actually met because she left very quickly. So I was down to my two teachers plus the the person running the school. And I'm very thankful because one of the teachers that I had is sort of I consider I'm sure he doesn't want to be called this or think of himself as this, but I consider him a mentor because I still even now reach out to him and I'm like, what am I doing or what do we need to do? And um, at that time, so when it became clear that I was just going to struggle with her f- for a while was when we had um, one of our exams and I had gone to him beforehand and I said, show me how to do this. And so we actually went through the whole thing. He told me how to do it, start, finish, mm-hmm. everything in between. So I know I knew what I was doing. And I th- I'm trying to remember the massage. I know it was something on the arm. But anyways, um, and I got a zero. I did a zero as zero. And it was what was the what was the justification for a zero? That's the thing is there was no justification. So the sheet comes across our desk and everybody's going over their marks. And I'm like, I got a zero. And he was teaching that day. So I just looked at him and fully broke down into sobbing like like I was a puddle on the floor melting down. 
And then I had my classmates melting down crying because I said, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got to drop out. Like this was December. And I just said, I, I can't do this. And he talked me off the ledge at that time where he was like, no. And, you know, he was using lines with me. I think he was trying to teach me about the personality without giving me too much because okay. he had to work with this person too. He had to work under her. Right. So at that time he was saying to me things like hurt people, hurt people. You know, you just got to, you got to keep going. So if another staff at the school, like I mm-hmm. understand when student, okay. Mark and I have both worked in in mm-hmm. a school environment. And sometimes when students come to, you know, the staff, it's not that we don't want to believe the students because you're your people, right? Of course right, we do. Right. But there's definitely a certain type of student that, you know, can feel like I'm being picked on. It's not, you know, yeah, you know yeah, the type, yeah, right? Yeah. That like I'm doing everything right and she she's picking mm-hmm. on me when, you know, in actuality the student maybe doesn't know what they're doing. In your case, by the sounds of it, this one teacher that oh, you know, he, he the, knew so, he knew that she was picking on you but did nobody else ever go to the dean like hey this so particular he did, he instructor did, is he, he so th- she was the dean so that's the problem oh jesus okay <laughs> no one to go to. i knew i had so, to be missing something i'm like how so, is she getting away with yeah, this no so basically she was top and that's what i mean he had to report up to her so i understand that he was like really trying to like say things without saying things. So I know he had sent me out to my car because I was fully a mess. And I said, I was, I'm going to call every other private school. I'm going to try and transfer, which is also the, to your whole point about schools that we were talking about earlier is the shitty thing is once you start calling around, they say, yeah, it's great. You've had one term at this school, but they mean nothing to us. You can't transfer. It's all bullshit. So then, so then I'm sitting in my car crying even harder because I'm thinking, well, now I'm stuck. I am absolutely stuck because I've, you know, I also had invested a lot of money up front. So I was in a situation where the school I was in was not an OSAP type school. This was coming out of my pocket. I'm already halfway through. Like it was just a really bad situation. And I was on the phone with my husband and he's trying to talk me to go back into the school. And anyways, this teacher said to me at the end of class when everybody was out of the room, he was like, I'm going to talk to her because they're closing and he, he he wasn't holding anything back and he was leaving and knowing he was leaving i knew i was going to be alone with her for the remainder of the time right. and i was i was very scared so that a that, zero a zero i need to i, I, I need to it. ask this question and, and you might not have an answer yeah but i know there's other people who are thinking why you what was it about you or do you have any idea why sometimes is she you picking just don't on even you know. sometimes you don't know but sometimes you do have an inkling so like so for example you're an easy target you want to know why you're an easy target because look at me i understand <laughs> no not even just that when it comes to like if i was your instructor yep. and i had a chip on my shoulder yep. you are a very intelligent person you can be intimidating to instructors because sometimes you do know more than but, them but i'm not saying it's right I know, i'm just saying when i, I'm in a, I can when get i'm in a classroom it. i actually don't say much of anything like i just kind of sit back and observe and blah 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 and then sometimes and it, you sleep and then most <laughs> most, most of the time, I'd actually sleep because certain classes, like I know this material. No, no, I so understand. I mean, I was I was to... so not confrontational at all when it comes to this kind of stuff. But that one day, I just got rubbed wrong by this. I'm like, why? You? But she always did that to me too. Like she always felt like right. So anyway, for whatever reason, I'm I was just trying to give like some insight. Maybe in in her case, it was she was intimidated by you because you had been a kin for so long, and okay. she knew because I also had an instructor. Now he was not combative with me, but for example, if he was teaching something like therapeutic exercise or if he was teaching kinesiology or biomechanics or anything you know how many times he would literally stop and look to me and say like right 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 and it was 
it was awkward for me because I'm like, I'm but your I student. Like, I don't just think, teach I don't think me. that's awkward. I don't think it's awkward at all, especially in a private career college where you have a whole bunch of uh, older people that this is, might be a different career. Like if I had some dude come into, uh, was sitting into a class and, and he was a pharmacist in India, when we're doing pharmacology, I'd be like, hey, bro, you want to, you want like anything that I'm saying right. here, go, go nutso on that type of thing. Yeah. I'm like, so to answer your question, I'm not sure why. Um, I do, like I said, I, I know from research um, through talking to other students and um, reading other reviews as I started to really research the school when I realized I'd maybe made a bad choice, um, was just that this was just kind of her nature. And I do know that there was a class prior to us, the entire class left. So it was just in wow. her nature. You see, I, it's such a hard thing to, it's really yeah. such a weird go because I can see how the rally rah-rah moments happen in places like that. Mm -hmm. The class is mm -hmm. small, everyone's super tight. And if they actually didn't like the instructor or someone, whatever, right. whether it's real right. or not real, I can see how the reviews can happen and all that shit right. happening. Like it's just, it's an easy thing to, to, to snowball in, in an environment like that for a whole class to be like, I'm out of here. Like, yes, that could very well be the institute or the instructors, whatever the case is, that can also be just a bunch of fucking yahoos that just rallied hard. Absolutely. Well, so, and to that point, I think, so the only thing I, the conclusion I drew is I know through talking to my actual classmates, the same teacher who got along with me allegedly, and I don't know, uh, at the start of school had made a kind of a comment about, oh, she's going to be the ringleader. And it stemmed from, we were, we were a very small group. So there was only six of us. And it stemmed from things like if one person was running late and we knew we had an exam, we did do things where it was like, okay, so they're, they're running late and you don't want them to miss out on being right, there for the start right. of the exam. We'll lollygag. We'll do whatever we can to help each other out. Gotcha. So I don't know if he saw that in me and maybe in their staff time made a comment about, oh, you know, she, she's, she's going to, yeah, she's the one that's going to get them going. So I don't know if it was her way of shutting me down early so that mm. nobody See, followed to me. to my point, maybe and, it was some sort of intimidation. Zero. No, a zero is ridiculous. This is a person being ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And abusing her power, which is what this whole episode is about, right? She Could you realized work with someone like that? Fuck no. Well, even just even just uh, outside of the classroom like in the in the um lunchroom, if we were all having a chatter and she came in and she went to say something, if I went to answer and I maybe like answered two seconds too soon so maybe she thought i was like i don't know, talking out of turn she would look at me and be like do not interrupt me when i speak so then i would just sit there <laughs> like not talking like you're at a all. fucking kid yeah and you're it, not a fucking it was kid like that all the time there was no you know she would come into the hall and everybody would say hi and she would say hi to other people but if i said hi it would just be like she'd look at the wall and open the door and enter so we just had a really bad dynamic but once this teacher went to her and this is that whole kind of a to bring it back to like abusive power, I'm not, uh, first of all, I also can recognize I'm extremely non-confrontational. So once you're kind of mean to me, I'll retreat into myself and right. I, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go there. Even if somebody says, you know, say something, that's not fair. Um, but he went to her and he talked to her. We went on break for term, uh, I guess, three going into four, our very last term. It's like it came back and she, I don't know, took meds. Like she was suddenly very happy with me and she was you know, when we're when we're done here, we should you should come to me and collaborate on this, do that. And I wanted nothing at this point. I wanted nothing to do with her. Hmm. But now I felt the need to be nice to her because she's being nice to me. And I don't know what's happening here. Maybe it was me this whole time. And so then I'm now thinking it's me. But then I see it happening with one of the younger people in class where right. they had a she's super got good someone relationship else now, so. and she just zeroed in on that girl. And for the rest of the year, she was 
taking it out on her, which was hard to watch. Because she has a cap on, on how many right. people she can be a dick to. And it's apparently it's only one. <laughs> so she found another yeah, one. I, you're I, off I the hook. I, I don't I don't know. It was a it's really weird. bad year. But the bottom line is it, the school's no longer around and she's not even in this profession anymore. So it's such a weird thing. Eh? She's gone into an odd profession. She's become a like reverend or something. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> the whole thing is weird. It it's is weird. very weird. And I, I know I've said this before on other episodes where like sometimes I find myself to be so naive because I hear these things and I I feel like I'm always looking for reasons. Like sometimes things people do are completely bizarre and inexplicable. Mm-hmm. Hence, like ridiculous crimes happen. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody kills someone just what because they felt like it. But I hear these things. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like what? I, I can't get into the mind of like a narcissistic psychopath to understand like, why are you, why are you trying to make somebody's life hard? I don't get it. I just don't get it. And th- and that's the thing too, right? There's those conversations where you're trying to, you're trying to talk to each other about a subject and the person is constantly like, well, I, I mean, obviously they're not saying it this way, but they're like, well, I know more because I've been here longer and I have more experience and you have no idea what you're talking about. And then eventually you almost start to believe them. So then you, like I said, I got to a point where I didn't feel I didn't feel ready to progress and take off ski and everything else. But now we're in this snowball and we're all graduating. And hey, we all I don't think I also don't think all six of us should have passed in the program. But all six of us magically graduated. We all got that ticket, which is why I ended up here with you Mm -hmm. um, and and, in other tutors places because it just didn't it didn't the whole year didn't feel right. The whole it was weird. We spent like the last month, maybe even more without a teacher at all like she would just come in irritated with us write something on the board and leave and i would be texting my other teacher who is you see, gone see yeah it bothers me so much mm-hmm. it's like you're playing with someone's fucking life at yep. this mm-hmm. point right mm-hmm. i've made a decision to come to school here based on the bullshit that you told me mm-hmm. right you, you sold me on Love it and sunshine you sold me on it and i come in here and it's fucking not what you sold me and i've got i've got student debt up my ass if mm-hmm. i if i drop out now i'm kind of fucked maybe i'm mm-hmm. in a neighborhood where there's no other school like this and i would have mm-hmm. gone through life very fucking different if i knew like I know a school right now it, this is how much bullshit it is this is how much bullshit it is mm-hmm. they are rearranging the fucking schedule to match the instructors availability yeah go find right. instructors that can teach at the time so in other words um, we know you're not ready for neurology class but we're going to put neurology class in here now yeah. because this is when the instructor is available and they're not available for when the actual class should happen that's bullshit. And and that's that's a whole other topic because that goes back to your education and just me having come from the school that I've come from and researching other schools and just what I know now, there should be some sort of regulation across the board of the way it's done. And that should just never be allowed. That shouldn't just, that should just not be allowed. And even what we were going through, um, originally it was like, you know, you have um, clinic, clinic mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. Well, then now we're without our clinical teacher. So then she started doing weird things where she was like, you know what? you're doing really good in class this week. Uh, You, 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 and you, you don't need to come to clinic anymore. You're good. Uh, You, you have some background in this. You don't need clinical anymore. But those of us who she felt did need them, well, suddenly we're there every night doing, like it's very, and that shouldn't be allowed. It's a requirement of the program. So we should all be in clinic regardless of what our background is, no matter how much it bores us and we want to sleep at the end of the day. Well, and also like, this now is answering the question on how we had someone show up to Oski Prep who said they had never actually worked on a real body before. Yeah, he's never like, done massage. Fucked. He's up. never done massage. You should on not be else. allowed to graduate school 
not having those clinical like hours. Well, he I mean, was in my class. That was, well, I mean, he came in with a big smile on his face because he was very happy to buy his diploma, right? But there's a whole bunch of other people that are not happy for that at all. They want, they, they go to school because they want to fucking learn something and yeah. they want to they enter into the profession. It's such a fuck. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it so bad. And I understand, like I have a friend, he, 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 he was just talking about me about this today because of the post that I made. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I get it, but at the end it doesn't matter. Because like most people just end up either just going through and doing well and then the real learning kind of starts when you're out of school type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yes, I get it. what you're saying. It doesn't matter because the end result at the end of the day for most people, they just end up going to where they need to go and doing what they need to do. It's just a barrier to get to the end game. But when you're playing with people's lives and you're playing with their fucking money like that, that is fucking horrible. Yeah. That is fucking horrible. And what everyone should do when these situations happen is complain to the fucking ministry that's where you vocalize it forget vocalizing it internally into into the Mm -hmm. institution Mm -hmm. because that's a big spiral that goes fucking nowhere you go straight to the ministry and if you get enough people i'm assuming if you get enough people that'll go straight to the ministry the ministry at some point is going to have to step in and say we need to audit this school yeah we need to audit this school yeah and i and i think there may have been something similar to that that was happening so before we got there so we were in the very end and i believe that there were some complaints made well i know there were some complaints made there were some investigations happening, which is why the school is no more. Right. Um, but I mean, that's not something that I feel like if they're going to do that kind of thing, they almost need to stop them from enrolling other people because I still managed to go to this school for the remaining year that they were open. And it wasn't I mean, we had we had we had one time where we arrived for class and they had closed off like that half of the school, let's say, to do some sort of like market for like in like small businesses and we were sequestered into this little teeny tiny room for our class because they were just trying to i guess pay their rent so they like had closed our our massage table area where we had the tables to practice and all of that so that they could like run a market and do like i I don't even know it, it was it's, it was just not real. It's so jacked up. It's so jacked up because if you went to the interview process with the the dean of the program or or the mm-hmm. missions rep that's hired you that, that that brought you into the program and they told you flat off, you know, sometimes we rent out the space and there's a market and you might not have your classroom, blah blah blah. At least then you fucking know what to expect. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Not spending your twenty five thousand fucking dollars because that's what it is. That's a yeah. fucking lot of money. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah. man is staring at me like, so you're too much. Like I said, there, there's I could spend hours talking about the problem with school just based on the fact that I spent yeah, so such a terrible fault. no 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 such a terrible year in school but the bottom line is there was a person at the very top who was our dean the complaints process which again I had only ever gone to I'm going to say real schools because I had only ever gone yeah. to college in a, a real college setting so it was like okay this person is abusing me I, I'm recognizing what's happening now I'm crying in class this isn't good the person beside me feels like she's being wronged this guy feels like we were all starting to get angry mm-hmm. And so one guy in the class was like, oh, who, who, who do we complain to? And in this case, it was, well, it was her husband. But he doesn't even work here. But I guess he had some sort of investment in this business. So now we have nobody to even complain to because what do you, what are you gonna, who are you going to complain to? I'm going to complain to you about her. What are you yeah, going to do yeah, to her? Yeah, you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, again, you feel small and you feel like, well, I have no, I feel stuck. Um now I'm financially stuck to these people because, like you said, they yep. have my money. Um, I'm stuck in that I need my diploma in order to become an RMT because there's no way around it. There's no way into that CMTO. There's no way into those exams without that piece of paper. Yep. I'm not getting there. You're calling the other schools and you're realizing you are stuck. Mm-hmm. And she knows it. 
She knew it. And so she could continue to treat me like garbage until somebody stuck up for me. And once that happened, and I think, again, that goes back to the whole ringleader thing. I'm I'm assuming, and I, I don't know because it was not there the night they had the conversation. I just assume that he maybe said, you know, those other six that walked? Well, this six is about to go. If she goes, they'll go with her. Hmm. That's my assumption. But What would you have done if you were the male instructor who is giving the friendly advice? When, when you go to have the conversation with the power tripper, what does that sound like? Just out of curiosity. When I have the conversation with the power tripper? Yeah. Oh, man, you were asking, like, you know how you just said, Kelly, that you are non-confrontational? Mm-hmm. I am so non-confrontational until something gets to a point where I'm like, I have no choice. So, mm-hmm. for example, when it comes to, like, somebody doing something that I feel is, like, harmful for my kids, well, then my claws come out. Like, mm-hmm. I can be. So, if it got to this point where I felt like, hey, this just isn't right, the conversation with that is exactly what you just said, Mark. I would say you fucking fix this or I'm going to the ministry. Like what you're doing is not okay. You gave somebody a zero. I can, the only way I can imagine somebody getting a zero on an oral practical exam is if she like licked her patient. Like I don't under, like how the fuck do you get a zero? She did nothing right. She didn't introduce herself correctly. She didn't undrape an arm correctly. Like none of that makes sense to me. You don't get a zero unless you've done something harmful. Like, I don't know. Did you... Did you slap your client? Did you expose them? Like, I don't get it. How do you get a zero? Mark, you used to mark OPs. How do you get a zero? Have you ever given out a zero? I might have given out a zero on someone who who showed danger. And in those scenarios, you didn't find out about your zero weeks later when you get no, your marks. You knew, you knew in knew that right, moment you right that away you because up. I'm like, take a step back from the body. We're done here. Can you come with me? We're going to have a talk outside. And then I would have a conversation with the person, whoever was doing the oral practical exam about why I took you out of the cubicle, why why I took you away from the body and why you're going to fail this exam with probably a zero. And that's probably because you did something that you shouldn't have done, right? You exposed the patient or you were, or you put them in danger or you touched them very inappropriately. Cause I've done this before. Mm-hmm. I've done this before. But it, it has to be something extreme. Yes, that's yes. my point. So for example, the, the, the one time I, I vividly remember doing this, it was a palpation exam and this dude was supposed to palpate like the clavicle and he started at like the pubic tubercles and went superiorly Immediately, right up, right into this, right into the body's freaking breast tissue, and that's when, as soon as I saw where he was going, as soon as he started landmarking, I'm like, I can't stop this now because he hasn't done anything wrong. He's not touching her inappropriately. It's not, it's not normal what you're doing, bro. And so I'm watching extra hard now. And as soon as we get up to this breast tissue area, before he can get anywhere, I'm like, done. You're finished. Let's go outside and talk. And I think so. I also think that that was what landed me in the situation. The male teacher that I was talking about, he was our practical teacher. He was uh, for the first term. He was also our clinical instructor. So he was there for clinic night. And that was very much how he was because there were times that all of us made little mistakes yeah. and he would stop an OP and be like, no, no, stop what you're doing. Hands up. Whether I was the body and it was happening with somebody else, whatever. None of them got zeros, but he was very quick to point out like what, you know, what you're doing. No, um, sometimes you'd obviously wait till the clock was done because you want it to be very Oski like. Yeah, so no, you, you have but, to. The only time I would stop it is if you have to stop. Right. It. But like you said, you knew well before the sheet came across the, the table yep. that you weren't doing well. And I think um, what maybe bothered her was by that time that he had stepped out of that clinical role and she had stepped in because he was leaving and he was leaving because there was the decision made that the school was closing, although we were left, the students were left in the dark. We were all wondering, like, where are the other term students that are supposed to start after us? Nobody was starting. <laughs> like It was oh, just us there. Right. Um, I think that what bothered her was 
none of us were comfortable to go to her and say, how do I do this? And how do I do that? So on his days with us, I would skip my lunch break to pick his brain and say, how do I do this? Or, you know, how do you treat this? Or what are the signs of that? And I think that that almost bothered her ego a bit. Again, there's that whole power tripping thing of what are you going to him for? I've been here longer. Well, that was definitely I'm a the part of it. That he's yeah. here. And so, again, th- you just you feel stuck because you feel like I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. If I go to this guy and I, I'm, I'm leaning on this professor so that I can do well or this teacher so I can do well, she's going to be pissed at me. But if I just sit here, I'm not learning anything, mm. you know, so power tripping. I don't get it. And then you and, and then you move on in your and I just find that the profession of being an RMT and I've only been an RMT for a very short period of time. But through my journey through school, through the CMTO, through everything, I'm coming to realize that there are these dynamics in this career where you've got people in certain positions in certain places who just like that power. And you start to realize, oh, I'm, you know, I either have to non-confrontational me has to stand up for myself and say, no, I'm not accepting this or it's going to keep happening. Right. Yeah. So shaking our heads. Eh? I'm, I can't do anything <laughs> but shake my head because you've really got to have like a major ego problem mm-hmm. to do something like that. Like, how do you how do you sleep at night? That's what I want to say. How do you sleep at night? Very how easily. do you go they home sleep at night? Very easily. knowing that you are messing with somebody because that's a good day for someone like that that's a good day for someone like that i i even think if she were to be listening to this right now and hear everything i'd say i think she would be like but you don't understand what you did wrong and i'm not in the wrong they don't they don't see it that way they don't see you know if i say why are you why are you speaking down to me i'm not speaking down to you that's just how you're hearing me it's it's a problem with you and the way you're Mm. hearing me why are you why are you aggressively grabbing my leg when you're showing the class how to do this specific thing right. because you're I can feel your anger towards me when you're grabbing my leg to show how to palpate something or how to treat something why are you doing that that's just it's in your head that's just because you have a problem with me not the other way around and that's sort of that whole narcissistic egotistic mm. sort of thing there there's nothing wrong with the way they communicate or the way that they really I'm not that, doing that I'm not doing anything wrong no. you are perceiving everything the way you're perceiving it and that's on you that's your problem right. I am I am doing everything completely fine which is why it's important I think so when I talk about like thinking about the younger people when you move into and you're in a career or you're in a role where you're working with somebody who's maybe acting that way it's important to know your rights to know because you have this fear of the CMTO and like, oh, I don't know. Is this is this legal? Can I do this? Am I allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. Can I say something? Can I not say something? And if you don't know, then you're in this position of um, feeling like they're right or taking what they say. And so I think it's just so important that which is why I asked about the podcast. Do you, guys, do you guys have anything on this? Because I ended up, I reached out to, so before I reached out to Mark, I reached out to somebody I knew that taught ethics. Mm-hmm. And because I was, I, the the question I had was not so much about the uh, abuse of power because I still didn't see it happening in this career. It was, I was leaving and we were not getting along. Um, and he was being very unprofessional with me in, in the case of now, now we've segued from school to the employer situation. Um, and I wanted to leave. And so I had asked this ethics teacher, Am I good to just 
say, I'm not coming back. I'm sorry, but you've made me so uncomfortable. I'm not coming back. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a few days out. I've got some clients on the book, but I'm not coming back. And this particular ethics uh, teacher said, you know what, first and foremost, before they lock you out of the book, you need to look up your uh, clients. You need to notify them that you're leaving and advise them so that you're not, you're not, um, soliciting. You need to advise them, I'm going elsewhere, but there's other RMTs here who are happy to serve you, Mm -hmm. uh, happy to treat you, and leave it at that. So she confirmed that for me. Once I sent that email, I lit a fire under this person because then he came after me hard. But I might add nothing. He he couldn't do anything to me because everything I did was proper Mm -hmm. and textbook. But he let me like, you know, he sent me an email saying how unprofessional I was. And he specifically said in this situation, you caused you caused this situation. Okay, I need to, I need to rewind. Yeah, let's so let's let's, let's, let's start with. Is this your first RMT gig? That's exactly what I was going to ask. See, because we go we're in green minds, green minds, green minds. So yeah, it was my first RMT gig. Um, I work I work for myself. Okay, I have my own my own practice at home. Right. Uh, and I had gotten um, I was fortunate enough to meet somebody who was leaving the profession. Okay. So on her way out, we were able to exchange, and I've gotten some of her clients. So uh, I wouldn't say I've taken her business by any means, but right. I was fortunate enough to meet somebody. So that's what I've got going at home. And I was looking for a clinic or a place where I could practice and learn and and learn from somebody else. What type of clinic is this? Is it a multidisciplinary? Is this a massage clinic? Is it a chiro clinic? It is a massage clinic run by a chiropractor. Gotcha. Is there chiropractic that happens there or no? Yes. Very part-time. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. 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 I'm getting the idea. Yeah. How long did you work for him? Oh, one one shift. (laughs) All right. I got to back all this up. So I'll start with like when I went to interview with him. Yes. That's where I want to go. So um, I How did you find this job? All on my own. It was on, I think it was on Indeed. Okay. So there's a job posting somewhere looking for an RMT. Did they care if it was a new grad or not a new grad? Male, female? Did it matter? Nope. It said new grads welcome. That was all great. Um. I had, so before becoming an RMT, I had worked in a clinical setting um, more to get my feet wet uh, and understand the operation of a clinic. And okay. I was working under an RMT there. So this was, and that clinic was no longer around due to COVID. So now I was moving into looking for another clinic. Okay. Um, and I had seen the name of this clinic before, actually back as a student. So when I contacted them, I knew that they had been around for a while. I got invited in for an interview. I met with the chiropractor who runs the clinic and I had asked some questions that I thought were at this point important to know through, again, through talking to other RMTs. So I asked like, what's your turnover like? You know, you're trying to fill the spot. What's your turnover like? Uh, What's your client base like? Are you busy? How long have you been here? And so some of those things, the turnaround response I got was that they don't have high turnaround and that some of his RMTs have been there for almost 12 years. So that sounded like, Long term, that sounds like that's something positive. I want. Yep, yeah, that's good. Um, and so I asked him, "How long have you been here? Twelve years. Oh, that sounds again good, promising. He's been here twelve years. Some of these girls have been here twelve years. Um, he was a little funny about certain things. I don't know why. I just I found him to have this. I went home and said to my husband, he was really nice, but he seemed like the kind of nice that you know they're being nice to your face, but they're probably talking shit behind your back. Like, mm. that's what he reminded me of, okay. but... You know what that is, Mark? Mean that's girls. her. No, that's her <laughs> that's... Her gut feeling, her oh, instincts. God. I don't have... We were having things. this discussion about, like, sometimes you just get a read off of somebody, and right. it's nothing they specifically did. It's just, you feel it. And I can't even explain it sometimes, because we were talking about that. Mark's like, I don't get these gut feelings. I'm like, oh, feelings. I do. Oh. I read somebody when I'm with them, and I'm like, I, there's some people that I instantly am like, 
we have we have like good rapport and there's some people that right away I'm like, oh, there's something about you. I don't totally trust you. And I don't know why. Right. right. You're being very, very pleasant, but I don't know why I don't trust you. Yeah. And I think a lot of his mean girls, maybe a lot of his um, mannerisms, a lot of the things that he did and the way he was smiling at me and just over the top nice reminded me of this Dean. So I think but then I also immediately question that and say, well, I think I just don't trust anyone because of her. I've had a really bad year. This is my first time. (laughs) She made you think it was all Uh, your fault. (laughs) Really, really and truly she did. So now I'm going into this situation, but you know, whatever. And my book filled up for the day really good. And then when I, um, when I got there, this staff, like this girls I was working with were kind of like, oh no. The first thing one of the girls said is you're normal. You're not going to stay. And so I said, well, do you guys have a high, like, you know, we're standing around the desk. I'm like, do you have a high turnover rate? Cause now I'm going, you're oh, normal. Wait. You're not going to stay. Yeah. And she said, so what does that say about her? Yeah. Well, she, she said to me, so she's the one that had been there since the beginning. And so, so I started asking her and she goes, well, he just took over the practice in 2019 and then eight months of 2020, we were closed due to COVID. So he really hasn't had much experience running an RMT clinic. Before he got here, they were solely an RMT clinic. They were run by an RMT. They have this great reputation with a fantastic RMT. Now he has stepped into the role of running it and they're not happy. So a part of me goes, this is change. These people just don't like change. Yep. Mm-hmm. I go in, I treat my clients, things are going well, but I should backtrack that just a week prior to that. So I had gotten hired and then he likes to not have you come in for a few weeks to allow your book to fill up so that, you know, you're online, that people can book with you, whatever. So during that two-week period, some of the restrictions were getting lifted and I knew that my husband had time off in August. So I shot him a message and I'm an independent contractor for him. And I just said, hey, um, there's a week in August. I'm going to need, I only work there two days a week. I said, I'm going to need those two days off because I'm going to take some vacation. And his email back was unprofessional and it was, I mean, that was how it started. I mean, you haven't even started yet and you're asking for time off. That was it. Nothing else. So I sat there and when I first read that, I, I'm i a sarcastic person. So I was like, oh, he's being funny. Mm. <laughs> but when I read it to my husband, he's like, he's not being funny. I think he's being serious. And so I debated on how to respond. And I finally just responded and said, you know, forgive me. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to, you know, I, I can't remember what I said, but if it's a big deal, don't worry about it. I'm sorry. See, now my response would have been, you know, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to take that time off. (laughs) Well, I just, again, non-confrontational. So I said, I'm sorry. I I can't even remember. I should look at my phone. But I said, you know, I'm sorry. If it's a big deal, don't cancel the time. And the response I got back was like, no, no, no. It's it was no, it's blocked off. Is there a contract that says this is not? Yeah, the contract is poor. Has nothing to do. Nothing about time off. Also, has nothing about about leaving. And this discussion never happened before. So, in other words, yeah, you're you're not overstepping by saying this. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, during the interview, I did ask him, "Hey, if people want time off, like, how do we how do we go about that?" And he said, "Oh, well, you're an independent contractor." He goes, "I like a heads up, but you you do what you want to do." So he gave you the green light. Right. Right. So So, I mean. So then when I more reason. I mean, so yeah. when I start and I'm having this conversation at the desk with the girls and they're letting me know like this is not the greatest place and all that, one of the things they let me know is, you know, the email and all the negotiations and your contract and everything, that's to the general mailbox. We all read that. So there was that. So they all saw right down to the, I mean, email. And they all thought, they all told me, we all thought you were going to walk as soon as you got that email because of how rude he was. So then I knew he wasn't joking. He was being like, I just took it as like that friendly, like, I mean, you haven't even worked here yet. I I don't know. So 
I had some other concerns that had to do with um, that, again, during our interview, I had asked him, will I be working by myself late because I was working evenings and I certainly don't want to be alone in a clinic. And it was like, no, you'll have a receptionist. There's other people working. Came to find out that I was the only one working. There was no receptionist. So I would be there by myself for a number of hours at night. And the clinic's not in the greatest of neighborhoods to begin with, but also just a female new in the profession. I don't want to be alone. So I had some red flags and I was going to have a conversation with him professionally. So I I messaged him after my shift and said, can we talk before our next shift? Because I need to work some things out because I also found out that on weekends, I didn't have a reception. There was a lot of stuff that I was suddenly going to be doing at the front desk that was not part of my contract. That was not agreed upon. Nothing discussed. Not even discussed. Not even discussed. So when I said that, it was like, well, what's wrong with you? Well, nothing's wrong with me. I just want to have this conversation. And this is all via text. And I hate texting because you can't get tone from text. You can't get like, hence, I thought his email was a joke. Um, And so it went very quickly because it went from like, well, what's wrong with you? Well, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just, it's the evening. I'm no longer working. But tomorrow I was wondering if we could have a conversation. You let me know what your schedule is. We could just phone each other and talk. And it progressed into no talk right now. And it just got really like immature and and unprofessional really quickly. And I said, I'm trying to go about this. My exact words to him were, I'm trying to go about this professionally. And he said, there is no professional way to do this. You're blocked off from here on out. So I took that as I'm fired. Like I'm I'm fired. I'm blocked off from here on out. What does that mean? You get blocked off of the schedule, I assume. That's what I I assumed as well. Because you refuse to have a text conversation. Right. Beyond work hours, right. about wanting to schedule time to speak to him about concerns at work. Right. And I mean, ultimately, <laughs> the concerns may have ended the employment as well because I was yeah. uncomfortable with those things. But that was going to be a professional conversation that we could have had. And we could have either hashed it out where he said, OK, you know, I'll have somebody in or no, I won't or whatever. But he just got his backup real quick and real immature and the it was just not a professional text chain at all. Um, so then when he said, you're blocked off, I, that's when I went to my husband and started reading him things. And he's like, what is going on here? So my husband said, well, make sure you say to him, okay, you know, but make sure you pay me for today because I just worked for him. And his response was, what, you're not going to finish out the two weeks? And so I, again, responded, I said, maybe we should be having a conversation because you just texted me and said, you're blocked off. I'm assuming I'm not working anymore. Um, let's talk about me finishing the two weeks. Then again, things escalate to just being very unprofessional and very rude. So I said, you know, now you're making me uncomfortable because I've got to work with you on um, one of the upcoming shifts. It was going to be just he and I. And I thought, this isn't going well. I don't feel comfortable with you. And so once I said, no, I'm not coming in, that's when he started with changing the narrative a bit. And he's like, look, you need to come in and finish things on a good note. You need that for your reputation. And so that's when I was asking other people, I was like, should I go in? Do I finish? Like, what do I do here? And that's when my husband's like, that's a bullying technique. Like, yeah, here's the power trip. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be the RMT that worked one shift, left me high and dry, left all your clients without a therapist because you're not comfortable. I didn't do anything to make you uncomfortable. You're not. Once again, it's your fault. You're not comfortable. So don't ruin your reputation. I'm going to be the good guy. Let you come in. Treat the people so you you look good and you leave on a good note. Right, right. Oh, so that's God. when I took that text message. I sat on it that night because that was all at night. And I thought, okay, now we're getting into like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. This is just, you know. 
So the next morning I had phoned um, the ethics teacher that I, I had known and I said, what do I do here? And she said, okay, so this is obviously an online booking situation. He mentioned to you being blocked off. That's when she said, this is what you need to do. You need to log in. If you still have access to your clients, write all their emails down. She said, you're going to generate an email to each one of them saying, I no longer, we, and I wrote it with her. It was worded very professionally so that I wasn't soliciting. I made sure I wasn't rude. I didn't badmouth the clinic, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm no longer working here. Feel free to book with somebody else. And just so everyone knows that's listening, because we have a ton of listeners that are not in regulated provinces. We have a ton of listeners that are not in Canada. When a registered massage therapist is leaving one of the places wherever they work, they are meant to inform their clientele that they will no longer be available at that particular location to provide massage therapy treatment. So the purpose of that is so that the client has the opportunity to decide where they want to go for health care. And the clients will know where their health records are going to be kept. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. therefore, if they wanted to access them, they know who and where to go see to access their health care records. And so a lot of clinics will use this idea of you just fulfilling your professional obligation because, by the way, it is considered professional misconduct to abandon a client. So if you don't do this type of thing, then you would would be considered to be in, in professional misconduct. So a lot of clinic owners use this as an opportunity to say, well, you're soliciting a client. You're soliciting, you're stealing our patients. I don't know how the fucking you steal an autonomous person, <laughs> but nonetheless, you're, you're stealing our clientele. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once that email, so she said, once you hit the send on that email, you need to then email this chiropractor and you need to say, um, per our conversation last night, I'm not comfortable coming in and I will not be coming in for the remainder of the shifts. And I have notified my clients of such the end and leave it at that. Good. And then that's when, like I said, he followed it up with, you're unprofessional and you had no right to con. Those are uh, clients of our clinic. Sorry, dude. They're clients of our clinic. You don't own people. And you have no right to contact them. And this is a situation that you caused. And that's when you respond back. You should probably go look back at the legislation for your own governing body. And if you really want to, since you hire a whole bunch of massage therapists, you should probably take a look at the legislation that applies to massage therapists before you open your fucking mouth. Yeah. So, and I immediately, again, being non-confrontational, being new, I'm like, did I do something? Again, I'm, I'm second guessing everything. And it's not until shortly thereafter that I actually filled with rage where I realized this guy almost had me like he almost had me coming in to fulfill two weeks that I was uncomfortable doing. He almost had me when he employed me under false pretenses because Mm -hmm. he told me misinformation from the get go. And I just know that if I had stayed there and I had continued to work for him, there would have been other times, whether it be I'm taking time off and I think he would have either guilted me or said no or whatever the case may be. um, If there was a client situation where maybe I treated them differently than he wanted to. I just know that we were going to be in this place where I was in school, where this person was going to belittle. And and I knew that too, just from the staff, the way they were speaking about him. And they warned me, you know, be careful when you talk to him. He'll only ever text message you. They, they gave me some heads up. So I did know, but I just feel like, thank God I knew enough people to reach out to and say, am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? So I have to ask you this yeah. and don't get offended by this because no. I have to ask you this mm-hmm. because I, I, I would ask Amanda as soon as you leave and I figure I'm going to ask it right now. Mm-hmm. When things like this happen, mm-hmm. once I say, hmm, okay, fine. But when it's like twice or three times, then I, and I'm not being, no, no, I'm no, not no. being no. the dude or the instructor no. saying it's you, but 
I have to ask, have you ever, I guess you did stop and, and, and really think about, is this you? But did you think about that? Because you're like, oh my God, this is happening again. Like I did. one after the other. So before I had messaged you, I was really, up, I was upset. I was both upset and angry because of just what had happened. I was beside myself with the email chain. I was trying to, you know, I was going through our text and I was like, did I do something here? Did I say something? Like, right. where did it go wrong? Maybe I, being new, I shouldn't have asked for time off. Um, I did all of that. But at the end of the day, a part of me also thought, well, maybe I'm, and then I started to question whether I was a magnet for these people. Like they just, they see me coming. That's kind of what go, I meant. Yeah. They see me coming and go, oh, here comes an idiot. And you know, one, one thing I, one thing that crossed my mind is again, he, he had obviously asked when I became licensed, he obviously got my license number. So he thought I was new. I met him wearing a mask. I said to my husband, for all he knows, I'm 20 years old and he has no idea. And maybe yeah. this is just how he you know, not not so much um, linking the two to school, school being a separate situation, but I just looked at it as he had no idea. Right. Another part of me was like, do I go? And I hate, I really don't like when people play the sex card. But a part of me was like, if I was a male therapist, would he have done this to me? I don't even think he would have employed me as a male. Like I, I went through that. There was a lot of stuff that I questioned. But I think at the end of the day, I just look at it as there are people in this profession because I find whether you're dealing with somebody at the CMTO who maybe feels they have a little bit of power because of the position they hold at the college, or you're dealing with somebody in a different uh, discipline than us, and hey, I have a doctorate and you're just a massage therapist, I just started to really look at the different power dynamics. And, and, it, just... and it even happens with senior therapists, mm-hmm. because we've mm-hmm. been on the receiving end of, of this before with, with a couple senior therapists that want to tell us, this is what you need to do with your podcast, and you have a responsibility now that you have listeners, and this is what you should... I'm like, fuck off. Amanda said it best. Like, we have no responsibility to anybody but ourselves and our listeners. Like, who mm-hmm. the fuck are you? Yeah. But yeah, that happens. It and happens everywhere. And that's right? well, that's the thing is, I mean, uh, as you said at the very beginning, I've had lots of careers. I've had lots of positions and places, and I've seen people who act like complete and utter assholes to people. And I've seen people who are like, like you said, I want that job, and I want to, you know, help people, and are are turning back when they're they're at the top and helping people up the ladder. And so that's why I reached out to you with the podcast because I thought this is the thing is. There's a lot of us who are just going through the CMTO now, fresh out of COVID, feeling yep. a little scared. We've got the we've got the license, and we don't want to lose it. And then you fall into these hands, and I'm probably not the only one that's going to be employed by a guy like this. Whether it's him again employing someone. Oh, we've um, we've had people on our can, couch can talking we, about this. Before. Can we pause though, and Absolutely. also just remind everyone: you weren't even employed by him. You are an, independent, an independent contractor. contractor. Which, this is a business to business relationship. Which is, yeah, and you. Having this contract with him means you can negotiate the terms. And if there was nothing in the contract that said, like, you can't have time off whenever you want. And you even brought it up. And he was like, you're an independent contractor. You know, give me a heads up, but do whatever. He was treating you like an employee. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like you said, he he brought you into the clinic under false pretenses, telling you you're not going to be alone when, yes, you were going to be alone. Which is not cool. Telling you that you're going to have a receptionist. Oh, no, no, there isn't any receptionist. So you're going to have to do reception work. Which is not cool. You are being contracted out to provide massage therapy services for this massage clinic. You are not being contracted out to answer the phone and book appointments for other people. And that was not part of the deal. Right. So he's doing all of these things. And then when you question him about it, here comes the power trip. I'm a man. I'm a doctor. I own the clinic. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long time. And like she said, I mean, you look young even without a mask, but in a mask, he was probably like, here's some young woman mm-hmm. who doesn't know anything. She's been a massage therapist for 10 minutes. I can just get her to, you know, 
do whatever I tell her she needs to do. Right. And I mean, it's really weird to me. I know they warned you, but it's really weird to me when somebody says, oh, he'll only text you. That is a strange way to communicate with people. Like I, I text with, yeah. I text with people. I don't think texting is strange. I think it's strange when you are the owner of a business and the only way you're going to communicate with the people that are working with you is through text message. Because I also believe you can't read tone and text, which by the way, someone tried to um, argue me on this on one of our posts one time when I said, you can't read tone and text. Like you can absolutely read tone and text. I was like, what? Who are you? No. What sorcery? You cannot read somebody's tone in a text. And I don't know if that's, again, going back to my age thing, right? Like I obviously grew up in a time where we didn't communicate by text. It's cowardly doing stuff yeah, like this it is by cowardly. text. That's, that's all there is to it. I don't have to actually express myself to you. Yeah. I don't have to hear you coming back at me. I don't have to look to see reactions. I don't. It's a very cowardly way to try to communicate, especially right. something of this nature. It's very cowardly. I had two two experiences with this, two different clinic owners. Um, one, which I did feel was a little bit power tripping. Um, her way of doing things was it's my way or no way. Mm -hmm. And I'm older. I've been in the industry longer. I know more than you. Like I was definitely the, you know, I'm just a new RMT. Can and, I ask you a question about yes. that before I forget? If she said it's my way or no way, and she didn't offer anything else, because all the other bullshit, I, I can't buy into that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a different profession that's higher than you. I've been doing this longer than you. I understand if someone says, this is my fucking business and you're either going to do it the way I wanted you to do it or you're not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. Right? I can kind of go with that because then I'm just there to Oh, I was just choose. going inside of her head. Oh, gotcha, I was gotcha, saying gotcha, gotcha. I would get the impression and this is just me making it, but I always got right. the impression that, you know, I'm a massage therapist because she would say things like massage therapists want me to do all the work for them. Massage therapists are entitled. Massage therapists think that, you know, I'm just going to give them patience. Like these were things that would come out of her mouth. So I was like, I think okay, they teach you that you in chiropractic college. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I got the impression that, you know, she felt she was above me because she, you know, she had doctor in front of her name. I didn't. She was a clinic owner. She had been in the field for a long time. She was very successful. And there was a lot of things about her that I really did look up to. Even to this day, I would say like I, I learned so much from her, but it was always that I was below her. You know, I never mm -hmm. felt that we were on the same level. And I was an independent contractor there. It was a business to business relationship. Fast forward, I'm working at another place. Now, the clinic owner in this scenario was a massage therapist as well. So that might have changed something. But I know that, like, for example, when I would contact clinic owner number one, the, the, yeah, the chiropractor, yeah, yeah. and I would want to have a discussion about something. It was never, let's talk, let's have a phone conversation. And if it did turn into a, a phone conversation or a face-to-face -face conversation, I was completely dominated. Like I couldn't say anything. It was, she was always waiting to react. You know what I mean? Like there was no, I could see that she wasn't listening to anything I was saying. She was holding so waiting in, for her turn to talk. waiting yeah. for her turn to talk. Whereas then the other clinic owner that I dealt with, if I sent her an email, like there was one time she did something at the clinic that just threw me right off. I was so upset and I was almost too upset to deal with it in that moment. So I was like, did that just fucking happen? Mm -hmm. And I went home and I told Mark and I was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, you need to fucking tell her like, that's not okay. So I sent her this long ass email about, you know, all of the reasons why I was upset with everything that she had done and blah, blah, blah. She picked up the phone and called me. She's yeah. like, we need to talk. And it, I had so much more respect for that where it was like, it was going to be an awkward, uncomfortable conversation. And it was an awkward, uncomfortable conversation, but it turned into us understanding each other a little bit better. And we were able to come up with a resolution. Whereas, as I said, the first person, the conversations were never, 
never two ways. And most of the time she would just text me or email me. And that is very, very cowardly. Like I really respected the other clinic owner who even when I'm pointing my finger at her saying, you did this, you did this, you did this. She's like, okay, let's talk. So when you say it's cowardly, do you think, so I recognize, or I I think I recognize in myself that I'm Mm non-confrontational, but I'm willing to have a debate or an argument with you or a discussion with you. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that almost that's non-confrontational because I'm going to put it in a text that's it. Him him refusing to even set a scheduled time with you to have a conversation mm-hmm. with this person who I work with who wants to talk to me about potential conflict in the workplace. Like that like it's it's cowardly to not right. to not respond in 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 a interpersonal kind of way to something like that. Like that's 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 so I can say whatever the fuck I want and I don't have to worry. It's like a keyboard warrior, someone on fucking Facebook, troll on yeah. Facebook that's so quick to throw yeah. down a comment, right? Like you'll 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 send me an email about this bullshit and then when i see your face to face you got nothing to say yeah fuck off you fucking little cowardly midget you know what i mean <laughs> sorry that's politically incorrect <laughs> i was gonna say he can't say that <laughs> little people i'm old man i know little I know. people but I, like that's what i mean you're, you're all talk behind a fucking keyboard and i'm not trying to be tough guy but at the end i'm not scared of a confrontation and to me a confrontation should happen in fucking person right and and that's why i think it is so important again it just goes back to where i think it's so important for whether you're young or old like me but you're new or maybe you're just you're just finding your feet in this profession it's important to meet people like you or to meet people like my previous teacher who I was able to reach out to or the ethics teacher that I reached out to people who are going to almost stand up for you and and let you know that you're I've got your back here so go in and yep. and take care of things because and that was part of the whole listening to the podcast and being like okay I I've I've listened to a lot of people and a lot of their but has anyone said anything about like it's okay so in these scenarios like when you're looking to make decisions like that because you're not comfortable in your workplace Mm -hmm. and you're worried about whatever your reputation someone complaining to the cmto your contract first thing you always should do is stop take a look at what are my professional obligations? Right. What does the legislation say I'm supposed to do as a regulated right. healthcare yep. professional? What does my governing body say in their standards of practice, in their codes of ethics, in their policies, in their position statements? What do they say I'm supposed to do in this scenario? Right. That's one of the first things you do. And then along with that, you parallel that with like consultation, consultation with your mentors, consultation with other therapists, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Like, so you're doing all the right shit on that. So if you, anyone is ever in the scenario you do that first because we've had this happen remember we had uh the the, the two uh, unprofessional hour their boyfriends jerked each other off on the way over here remember that they sat there and watched they sat there and watched dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. right i missed right? that show yeah. i need to go find yeah. that episode that didn't actually happen well, whatever that's, that's the way it happened fantasy, it's, apparently. it's not my fantasy this is the way it happened my, whatever right so oh. she had that same kind of thing happen where yeah. where her her employer not really her employer she's an independent contractor it was a physiotherapist was threatening, was threatening her yeah. With stuff and then when she quit suddenly she had complaints from patients at that clinic and she's like she 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 got all fucking really upset about it and i'm like let's slow down because she called or she i think instagram or phone call i can't remember so we had a conversation i'm like what did you do here this 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 and i'm like you haven't done anything wrong settle down they can say whatever they want they can complain to whoever they want and at the end of the day it's going to go nowhere because right. you haven't done anything wrong it's stressful and it's it's I can not imagine fair it stressful. it's yeah, I mean, I've I've never had anything like super aggressive, but I've def- definitely had stuff happen where, you know, I can get my back up and I'm like, fuck, did I do something wrong? But exactly as Mark said, when I actually sit down and I think about it, and it goes back to what we were talking about off mic and sort of at the beginning of this, if you 
hear something or you see something and it triggers you and it bothers you, well, if you didn't do anything wrong in this scenario, then it shouldn't bother you, right? right so in right. in this case, if this this person, this chiropractor is saying, you know, oh, it's going to look bad on you. And, you know, I'm going to go to the CMTO and I'm going to file a complaint. Is blah, that, blah, is blah, that blah. a signal? That, that no, he CMTO? just, uh, he said I was unprofessional. Okay. Uh, funny enough, he referred to me as a subcontractor. Um, so he said, you're a hmm. subcontractor. It's unprofessional. These were not your clients. You had no right to reach out to them. And uh, this was a situation you caused. Gotcha. Okay. And that was Sorry, the end of it. I actually way. didn't. I didn't actually email after that. So I thought about emailing really uh, offside stuff and telling him where to go. Then I also thought about trying to be professional and and educate him on the Massage Therapy Act and the ethics and everything else. And then I just kind of took the road of. I'm done. Fuck it. I, yeah. yeah, I've I've left here. I've learned. I, I took what I needed to from this experience, and I'm moving on. And and that's that. And sometimes there's just no point. There's no mm-hmm. talking sense into someone who's not rational, who doesn't understand logic. Right. Like it gets to a point sometimes where I'm like, there isn't a point. Like just leave it alone because it's going to be lost on him anyway. He's not going yeah. to understand. You can you can go through all of this with him, and he's still going to feel like. Well, you're screwing me over. And so, right. in you know, in right. some way, he's already decided he doesn't like you. Yeah. So you yeah. can do, do nothing right. So there's absolutely no point. And, and yeah. And to that point, too, you, go, you I got the sense from him, from the text messages, that he is that individual that needs the last word anyways. So I don't like like you said, I don't think there was anything I could say, whether it be intelligent, educated and teaching him or on the flip side, just a simple fuck you. I don't think I don't think he would have looked at either of that without retaliating with something further. What would the fuck you email have sounded like did you actually write one and just not hit send i didn't know okay. it, it would have been just simple like fuck you oh that it just would have been like a fuck you <laughs> yeah. not even just like the fucking emoji that yeah, would even yeah be yeah no i see i'm also i'm so bad at text i i wouldn't have even thought of the emojis she's old she likes old as dirt she right, likes right, to right. talk to people on right. the phone yeah, yeah. i do i have a brother who is 30 maybe know. maybe 31 Give i should know this he'll money. be 30 he'll be 31 this year so i mean money. he's not like su- <laughs> super super young but right. he's not old by any means um but he is from the generation that like definitely doesn't talk on the phone so if i call him he will kill my call and send me a text message immediately saying, what do you want? Yeah. See, like, like, I so want to throw my difficult. phone. <laughs> but there's also, there's also, like I said, there's also the way they, they, they he, he responded like his texts, even the ones, even the ones where we're talking about me actively leaving the clinic now, now we're in a heated and he was still sending the, I mean, so then like there was my husband on the other side. who's like, you need to write back like, I mean, it's <laughs> oh, it so oh, anyways. But so very frustrating. Your husband in these moments, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 not a small dude, right? <laughs> let's no. let's get that out of the way. He's not a small. Oh guy. yeah, you're right. You yeah. met her yeah, husband. Yeah. He's not a small you guy. own these shoes because he, of her yeah. husband. He, came, he was my body. Yeah, he came. Yeah, in with he's me. not a small guy. Is he saying anything about this, or is he just like just listening and oh. and, and, and getting your back on this, or is he like, give me no, the phone? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> let me text. So this at back. one point, he was like. Okay, if this continues, I'm going in there. And <laughs> I don't. That's the last thing I want, right? Like, I don't. I I don't need that. Um, no, he's very much. He has my back. He hates. There's nothing in the world that he hates more than narcissists and this type of behavior that probably gets him going. So before I think it even escalated with this guy, he saw it coming, mm. and he even said to me, he "Goes, you came home from that interview and you said." 
this guy, I think he's like, you know, mm-hmm. talking shit behind my back already. Like I just, I had a bad vibe from him, which I will also state, he didn't have years of experience. That was part of that false pretense. He was a graduate in 2019. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the clinic had been there 12 years. So you know what? He was this was probably grad. little man syndrome. So maybe you were right in your politically incorrect terminology. This is somebody who feels the need to prove themselves because he hasn't been in the profession very long. And I mean, we see it all the time. Did I just say, I mean, like, I just, I can't say those I words. Mean, now. I mean, <laughs> there are people who get out into a profession and I've seen it. So for example, I have a massage client right now who was seeing a chiropractor down the street from here uh, before she became a client of mine. And when she started with that chiropractor, her and her mother, because she's she's young, she's a teenager, uh, her and her mother got like a bad vibe, not a bad vibe. They felt that he was not confident and she's got some pretty complex issues and she is an athlete. And so the mother like as nice as possible, just said, you know, do you have experience working with elite athletes? You know, how long have you been in this profession? And he got his back up against the wall immediately and was like, yeah, I've been doing this a while, but like really evaded the question. Like didn't want to tell them that he had only been a chiropractor for, I think, eight, nine months. Like it was really, really recent, maybe a year. Mm -hmm. And anyway, uh, the mother ended up finding out that he was so new, but as soon as, as soon as, um, she asked that question. She said he started getting very like, I don't know, soapboxy, like, you know, just trying to prove like all the things I know and I know these things and you don't know these things and you should listen to me and I'm so smart. Did he even try to take up more physical space? I I don't know. I'm I'm doing it right now. (laughs) That's That's one of the things that you would do. I wasn't there, but that's the way they described it to me is that suddenly he felt the need to prove himself. So he became very condescending to her and her daughter. And like, I mean, her daughter's an athlete and has been for a long time. Athletes are really in tune with their body. So anyway, after the appointment with this particular chiropractor, the daughter didn't feel good and, you know, ended up telling her mom like, yeah, I don't know if this is the practitioner for me. This wasn't a good experience. And so the mom ended up calling to cancel the next appointment. And I guess the chiropractor like contacted her and was like, is everything okay? Whatever. And she said, you know, we think we're just going to try something different, maybe a different type of therapy because she didn't feel good. And she basically got lectured by this chiropractor like, well, you have to give it a chance and this and this and this. And so they're telling me this and I'm thinking this is somebody who just needed to prove himself. Like, you know, you you know your body and if this didn't work for you. And I mean, I fuck, I don't want to keep saying I mean. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I, I didn't realize something. I didn't realize how much I said that mm. until this happens. Anyway, so I understand the need and you will as well like now that you're working as a massage therapist sometimes you know a client does you know they come for one appointment and they're like oh that didn't really work okay you got to give it a chance right in this scenario this particular patient has been getting chiropractic care for years you know as young as she is she's been getting chiropractic care for years she's been getting massage therapy for years she's been getting acupuncture for years if she's saying and i'm her mother and she's saying I don't think this guy's working for me. I want to go somewhere else. Then I think I'm going to trust her. But anyway, the whole point of that was this newer chiropractor felt the need to, I guess, take up more space and Mm -hmm. show like, no, I'm smart. And this is what I know. It's such an ego thing. Like, my husband calls that big dick contest where they feel the need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bigger. I'm bigger. I'm bigger. Yep, yep. So. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, like I said, it was just really kind of important when I reached it to Mark. I, I reached out to you and I was in, in like a fit of rage of how did this happen to me again? Like that whole questioning of, oh, but then I thought, no, you know what? I want to, I want to, if I could talk to somebody who's coming up behind me, younger than me, or even maybe somebody who's older than me, but is working for an asshole like this yep. and thinks that this is the way it is and yep. doesn't question, like maybe that woman who's there for 12 years, excuse me, just thinks like this is how it is, or Absolutely. this is the new age of things because I've been an RMT for so long and I've been working at this clinic. I, I might as well not leave because they're probably all like this out there. I wanted somebody to hear that like this is this is egotistical. The way he's behaving is not appropriate. And you have rights to say no. Mm-hmm. And to your point, look at your contract, which was very poorly written now that I've read it. And I've been like, I don't even know. And, you know, he even said we had nothing signed. He's not lying. He did say that to me. We have nothing signed because he sent me a Word document, said this is the contract, and I accepted employment. That was what happened. Right. There was actually no exchange of signature or anything right. else. So, you know, but it's important to know those things. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's important to talk about that. Do you think... If a massage therapist owned these clinics, the chiropractic clinic, because you had a very different experience, the chiropractic clinic and the massage owner. I did. Right? Massage owners who are in tune with the the ins and outs and the happy moments and sad moments of frustrating moments of being a massage therapist. Do you think that makes a difference in the power trip? I mean, even though your, your instructor in school was massage therapist, but that's an educational setting. I'm talking about the clinic setting. See, I don't know. I think it really is personality dependent. I think Kelly was onto something when she said she's researched the personality. That's right. Because these are textbooks. You know, I've, I've definitely worked with chiropractors who are wonderful people and who I couldn't I can promise you would never, ever, ever treat therapists this way. I've I've worked very closely with a chiropractor where her and I always collaborated when mm-hmm. it came to the patients we worked with. I, I never felt that she was telling me this is what you need to do and this is what I found. And this, you know, it was always, oh, I saw so-and-so today and this is what we worked on. How are things going with you or what do you find? Like it was very collaborative. So I think it is a personality thing. And this was a chiropractor who had been a chiropractor since, you know, I was probably in high school. Mm. So, I mean, again, she had the experience. She could have been an asshole and absolutely wasn't. So, I think it really is just this ego and this narcissism and yeah. some people are just that way. I do. Yeah. Because I I mean, even outside of the profession of being an RMT, I, I know a chiropractor. I have a chiropractor that's in, uh, in my extended family. And I mean, I don't work with them, but I have to assume based on our interactions, even about our professions. He doesn't seem to look down on me or Mm -hmm. treat me differently because I don't have the doctorate. But I think it's really just the personality. And I think to your point about that internal feeling too, right? Mm. Um, Even when I look back to the school and that very first going there, I think I was kind of desperate to find something that fit into the timeline. I wanted the career really fast because you ignored the red flags. And I ignored a lot of things. And when I look back, I, I look back at how I kind of looked at the school and thought, this is kind of rinky-dink. This doesn't quite look right. This doesn't mm. look right. There were things that I saw that didn't look quite right to me, and I wish I had paid attention to that, which is a, a whole other conversation that you can have with people. But the bottom line is understanding personalities a little bit, and, and I think it's their personality. Do you ignore red flags less frequently now? Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I hope I will. I'm going to I'm gonna stay clear as much as I can of this personality and I think, uh, yeah, I think I've had my fill of working right now. I'm just going to keep working for myself and keep growing and collaborating with people that are in the profession, but outside of my clinic so I can meet up with them and do business stuff on the side and 
learn yes. more from them that way. I think all of us, starting with Kelly, for people listening who maybe, you know, feel like I am not being treated fairly or my clinic owner is abusing their power or might possibly be working with or dealing with a narcissistic person. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should give some advice about what either what to look out for, how you would handle it, um, yeah, what to do if you feel trapped in this kind of situation. Well, the big thing for me is you're not trapped, right? Yes. Like, I mean, even in school, I, Preach. yeah, I felt like there was no option, but there were options. And even when I felt like when I was graduating and I felt like I'm going to drown, there were options. There was, you know, your school, there were, were other tutors that I was able to reach out to. If you're in a situation where maybe it's a relationship and you feel stuck because you're financially attached, you can walk away and mm-hmm. there will be help for you elsewhere. You will find it. You just, you have to trust that you can walk away first because these people tend to make you feel like you're stuck. You have nowhere to go. This is the best that you're going to get. Mm. My clinic is the best. This relationship is the best. The school is the best. Whatever the case may be, it's not. There's better out there and you deserve better. So you need to look for it and and realize that you, uh, you're worth it. Mm. I dig it. You're not stuck, what she said. Um But also, you know, because I I thought of this because you said about the gut feeling, right? Just trusting your gut. If you're getting a bad feeling about something, sometimes you need to step back and look at the scenario. You know, are you being treated fairly? Is somebody really trying to pull the wool over your eyes to get what they want? And typically when you're talking about somebody who is a narcissist, honestly, they need you more than you need them. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're trying to look at this place and or look at me or look at what you have look what i'm providing for you and this right. is the best it's they want to keep you there you don't need that and sometimes a decision you have to make to get yourself out of a bad situation is going to put you in another bad situation mm-hmm. for now right mm-hmm. and so like that's you know that's why i said if you feel like you're stuck cuz i know there's people who get in situations and then they feel like they're stuck i have to work here because i need to pay my bills because i'm a single parent or whatever the mm-hmm. case is right mm-hmm. well making staying in some place that's absolutely miserable that you're not being treated fairly that you're going to hate your life and continuing to stay there well you're just prolonging the misery right Taking yourself out of there and maybe having to deal with some shit for a while. You can't know, get worse. It, it can't get worse. Exactly. So take yourself out of the bad situation and that will maybe clear a path for you, make you recognize other opportunities, make you see that there are other things out there. But it's not always going to be love and sunshine when you walk out, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. it's it's going to get hard for a little bit. Like it's never easy just walking away from a job. I mean, in Kelly's situation, it was different because she worked be. there for 10 minutes. Or it but might be. Or, yeah, or it might know. be. It might yeah. be easy. Right. So that's the thing. In this, per- in this profession, this is my turn, right? In this profession, there are just so many things you can do, so many places to work, so many different types of work that you can do, and you can just make your own fucking path if you really, really want to. Like yeah. this is this to me is one profession. It's like, oh my god, it's endless. It feels fucking endless on the things you can do here, and so you aren't stuck. If you have to leave somewhere, you, you know you got to leave. Some- I, I'm this. I, I agree with all you guys in that regard. There's there's. Find find the passion in what you're going to do. Pursue that. If you can make that fucking work for you, your gold. You don't have to fucking, not in this career, you don't have to slave it out and do something you fucking hate doing. You do not have to. I also don't feel like there's ever a need to feel like 
you know, Kelly earlier said about being afraid of the CMTO or being mm-hmm. afraid no. of having a tarnished mm-hmm. reputation. Mm-hmm. Being, if you're ever in a scenario where you feel like afraid, that isn't okay, right? No. Like as an independent con, you're a licensed healthcare professional. I mean, yes, some of our listeners are in non-regulated areas, yep. but at the end of the day, you are educated, you have a, a career, you're, you know, you can be self-employed, you can do whatever you want to do. So if you feel afraid of anything, why ask yourself, why do you feel afraid? Is the person you're working for making you fear the college is, you know, like, why is it that you're afraid you know, when to it, do anything? When it comes down to the college, I feel like a lot of new therapists are just fearful of the college, period. I don't know. Maybe it's something that they teach you in school they or do. how they go about teaching law and ethics <laughs> class, that type of thing. It takes, if if you really want to have an idea, go look at the CMTO and go look at all of the decisions that are made in the years, right? Because they post all, all of these decisions that they make when it comes down to discipline hearings. And what you'll notice is, it takes a hell of a lot of shit for them to say, we're revoking your license. Yeah. And, and so through this experience, I did learn that. So when I was talking to the other tutor that um, did they, uh, was an ethics and law teacher at another school, yeah. uh, that was her big thing to me was, listen to me. Basically, They're sexual gonna, yeah, abuse is that's, the thing that they'll strip your license and of. And she said that she, the other thing she re kind of reinstated in my mind, which in school, I think they do make us a little afraid of the CMTO because they're really prepping you for that OSCE. So it's a lot of don't misstep anywhere with the college or they'll turn you away. But you have to realize that that's at the OSCE. That's a, that's to get the license. But now that I am licensed, what she said is they're not there for you. The college doesn't really give a shit about you in the sense of what you're doing and what's going on in a clinic. They care about whether or not you're hurting your clients or you're doing something bad towards your clients. So she said to me, she's like, if you're just leaving because you're not getting along with the guy whatever the case is she's like he can complain all he wants and they're gonna say to him that's nice see you later she's like unless he says she specifically harmed a client yeah they're not gonna they're not even gonna tolerate it they're not gonna look at it there there's you know frivolous yeah throw it over and and that was kind of important for me to hear too being in this situation because yeah i was thinking like shit he's gonna complain and then they're gonna they're gonna come after me for unprofessionalism like i was making stuff up in my head because i was believing what he was saying everybody feels that way go i mean you'll even read cases there where there's major fucking fraud and that person still has their fucking license do you know what i mean like you said it's not like a whole bunch of patients or clients are looking you up on the public register to see if there's any kind of disciplinary action and even if there was disciplinary action it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't doesn't necessarily. So what you got? You had some misconduct for for records, maybe, or or I don't know. Your receipts don't match the way they're supposed. Like some of that has nothing to do with your ability to do the job and do it well. And some of the best fucking therapists you'll see probably have shit written on them. And same things with some of the best doctors you probably see have probably some fucking shit written on them. What do I know? Not much. What do you know? Fucking nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just appreciate you coming on and sharing this because, yeah, you're right. We didn't have anything about it. And I am certain, even from Mark and I teaching some of our courses, like we taught a business class a couple weekends ago, and people tend to get pretty candid and open up and talk about their own situations, you know, not having contracts or, like you said, poorly written contracts or even things that their clinic owners are sort of bullying them into doing and, you know, or basically treating them as employees when they're supposed to be contractors, like all of these things. And every time I hear it and I, you know, I just want to shake them a little bit, but it's not their fault. It's because they get into this profession, they get a job somewhere. And if, as you said, if they, if it's their first job and they think this is how it just is, this is how it is everywhere, then they come here and I just want to shake them and say like, you don't have to put up with this. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
you are a regulated healthcare professional. You know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Your clients come to see you because of what you do for them. The clinic needs you more than I you know need the someone clinic. who who works in a clinic, and she's leaving her clinic because out of nowhere she had a, she worked on a split. It was a good split, and there was also a cap on it. There was like a twelve hundred dollar cap, right? There was a ceiling, twelve hundred dollar ceiling, and just I don't know, I don't know when 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 we were talking about this stuff. She's like, they're pulling my cap. Out of nowhere, my contract was up for renewal, and they're like, "Nope, sorry, we're taking the cap away. We're not. We don't. We're not offering that in your contract here." She had been there for like twelve years. See, that's just clinic owners being greedy. That's being fucking greedy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And she's all like, "What do I do? What do I do?" I'm like, "You fucking leave. Go find somewhere else. You'll find rents cheaper than that well, exactly. twelve twelve hundred bucks." If she wants the cap to remain, that's because she was obviously making well beyond yeah. that. Right. Go somewhere, pay twelve hundred dollars for rent, and exactly, be done with it. Exactly. And go find a place, go find another therapist, split it up, and then figure it's gravy. It's like this I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Twelve years is worth what? Trying to trying to pay you less in the long run? Happened to me once. I worked at a place and they actively this one place was f- actively fucking trying to find ways to cut your pay. Yeah. I'm like, what company fucking does this? Well, this happened to me as well. Put in the time and effort, they're actively finding a way to pay you yeah. less. I'm like, this is this seems really reversive <laughs> what I, I thought know. was supposed to Well, this to happen. happened to me as well. Once a clinic owner saw how well I was doing as a therapist and I was renting space and suddenly she wanted to change our Cha-ching. structure to be on a split. Why? Because she's going to make more because I was very, very busy. And when I tried to contest it, here's the narcissism. Well, you're as busy as you are because of me, because I refer all of these people to you, because I do the marketing, because my clinic has a good reputation. So I got a great idea. Why don't we agree starting now? You can stop doing that for me. How about that? Sounds good. That, That would have been my answer. Thank you very much. I don't buy what you're saying, but if you believe it, Thank you. But as of now, you don't need to do that for me anymore. Don't do me any more quote unquote favors. Thank you very much. But see, that's my point is it's not just like, I mean, it is, I look at it as newbies and I specifically also look at it as young people, but it's not just us new no, people. No, no, like you, when you start talking to people, they're like, oh yeah, I was in that situation. And so again, I just picture some of these people working at this clinic who maybe feel like, well, this is it for me. Like this is what it is. So it's so important again to hear all those experiences yep, and absolutely. collaborate and realize, nope. We can leave. And to your point, like I I had a girlfriend who's an RMT that went to school with me and is actually younger than me who said that. She's like, you're an RMT. She's like, do you you know what that means? You're an RMT. She's like, you're fine. Go do like you're Yeah, you're you're actually super fine. Yeah. You can just leave the province if you want and still do the same work. You know what I mean? Let's like- I mean, and and those are nice things to hear, right? That's that's the nice side of of things and being registered and- Yeah. Yeah. RMTs, you're bigger than you think you are. That's yeah. that's that's gonna be the, the name of this podcast. You're bigger you're bi- than you think you are. I mean dot dot dot. You're bigger than you think you are. <laughs> I hope this chiropractor that we're talking about listens to this. I mean, oh, I mean power trip in dot dot dot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean if I'm gonna end this with anything, I'm gonna end it with don't be a dick. I haven't said that in so long. <laughs> Feels so good. That's what you could call it then. I mean dot 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 don't, don't be, be a don't dick. Be a dick. It's because they have that fucking, what did you call it? Big dig contest, pissing match? Yeah, yeah. Right? Whip it out, see who's bigger? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. This was fun. Yeah. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.